left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the LFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder Chris Caliper. Chris, welcome to the show. Appreciate you joining. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We got all the technical stuff worked out, and we can actually see and hear one another. That's great, but we're ready to go. Thank goodness. But to start off with, we kind of hit you with the easy stuff to begin with. We just like to hear who are you, where are you from, what do you do, that kind of stuff, if you could share that with us. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I am based in Seattle, Washington, born and raised here, married for about 12 years, had my first son a year ago, and I work in real estate development consulting, so large-scale real estate developments for large commercial clients. Yeah. No, that sounds like a little easier industry to be in and migrate into the passive investing side than our usual, we get a tech person, we get a doctor, we get a... <laughs> so at least you're in the industry. You've been in it for some time. Talk about how that journey has worked to migrate into the passive investing side of things too. Yeah, yeah. I started my career in construction management. So I was an engineer and then a project manager for a large commercial construction company. Was there for about a decade and have always been interested in real estate development and investing and had done a couple of little long-term rentals and just found that that wasn't really the way I wanted to do it. I didn't like managing tenants, toilets, and termites. Right. (laughs) And at that point, I actually decided that I thought I wanted to be an apartment syndicator. So I went down the bigger pockets and podcast rabbit hole, learned a ton about it, did some online courses, read a ton of books, quit my job, started, well, I was evaluating deals before I quit my job, but quit my job, started raising money, got more serious about it and got about six, nine months into it. And I was like, this isn't really what I want to do. Like, I want to invest in these things, but I don't want to do this every day. So I pivoted and went to work for the firm that I work for now, kind of being an owner's rep or project manager, kind of managing the contractors and designers. And that fit for me is way better. I'm really good at this job. It's allowed me to increase my W-2 income where I can actually put more money into passive investing. So the initial plan was to get into syndication so that I could I could be more have more money in those deals prior to being an accredited investor. But when I pivoted, I found a couple of those early online platforms that allowed it, allowed non-accredited investors like Fundrise and Mogul Realty and some of those and was able to get to accredited investor status. And that's about the time I found left field investors. Oh, that's awesome. Well, good. Well, congratulations on all that. I think it's important to like be watching that and being able to pivot. That was actually pretty quickly that you figured it out. A lot of people go years before they kind of realize, hey, there are other options. So bully on you to kind of figure that out as quickly as you did and still be able to get into an arena that you liked, you're thriving at, sounds like, enjoy it very much and everything else. So that's great. 
Self-storage has been one of the fastest growing real estate sectors for four decades straight. With inflation on the rise, it may be the hedge you're looking for. Spartan Investment Group identifies low-risk, value-add investment opportunities in commercial real estate. Their private debt and equity opportunities offer stable monthly payments and predictable returns. And since they put every investment through a 700-plus point due diligence checklist, you can invest with confidence. To learn more, visit spartan-investors.com. Hi, this is Zach Haptonstall, CEO and co-founder of Rise 48 Equity. At Rise 48, we partner with investors like you to purchase large apartment buildings that we renovate to increase the value and create a profit margin for our investors through monthly passive cash flow distributions and profits on sale. We're a vertically integrated company specializing in the Phoenix, Arizona and Dallas, Texas markets with over 200 plus full-time W-2 employees who are focused on making sure your investment is taken care of. To learn more about Rise 48 Equities Multifamily Investments, Schedule a call with me at rise48equity.com backslash invest. So talk about then what got you into the passive LP side of things as you've ventured into different areas of the industry. Yeah. As I went down the syndicator rabbit hole, I was trying to learn from other syndicators and emulate what they were doing. So I started to learn the space a little bit and really liked the idea of diversification and diversification out of Seattle or, or Washington or the West Coast. I liked the idea of being able to diversify across, diversify across the nation. And I actually think I found left field investors from a Google search. I was like, there has to be a community out there somewhere. <laughs> I did a Google search summer of 2021, found the original website, and I was like, this is great. Left fielders, I can become an infielder for 200 bucks. I'm just going to do it. And so I initially jumped in right away as an infielder, had my call with Jim summer of 2021, and just started to meet the community and meet people that were trying to do the same things I was doing. That's awesome. I mean, we say it all the time on the podcast of it feels like you can't go to a neighbor and talk to them about this space. So that was the gap that we identified that we wanted to fix by starting the community and just give that a space for the like-minded individuals to meet and share thoughts. So we may not always be right. We may go down together, hopefully not often or whatever, but at least you know you're not alone. There's some security in all of that. So as an LP investor, what was your first syndication then that you got into? As an LP investor, I actually waited until I got together with a tribe with a group from left field. So when I did my intro call with Jim, he said, hey, would you be interested in joining a tribe with people? I said, yeah, sure. And <laughs> actually, a couple of weeks ago, you interviewed Michael's son. He's one of the members in my initial tribe and Eric Ward, who's now a part of Tribe Vest. And there's a lot of those kind of early feels like early members of LFI that we got tribed up in 2022. We invested in six separate deals and yeah, hoping to snowball that again in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did you guys diversify in the tribe? Are they different asset classes, different geography like you were hoping to get involved in? Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. So when we formed the tribe, we did an initial kind of poll about what asset classes we'd want to invest. And at that time, I think we were all at kind of this early stage in our education. And so we said, okay, we want the tried and true stuff. We want multifamily, mobile home parks, and self-storage. And that's probably about it. We quickly got into it and we, you know, <laughs> we invested in a short-term rental fund, an ATM fund, 
car washes, mobile home self-storage. You went straight to the alternative of alternative investments. The world quickly <laughs> opened up and we were like, actually, we should use the tribe to try out all these new things. And we'll do our on our own invest in kind of those stable, more steady, stable, long, long history. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a fantastic. We've talked about as founders, maybe forming a risk tribe, if you will, and be able to share performance and stuff with the community and so forth. And we just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. So you guys have already done it almost, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to individuals to have $2,500 or $5,000 into a deal instead of $25,000 or $50,000, it's a lot easier to pull the trigger on something new like car washes or ATM funds new to us when the risk is much lower. Exactly. That's one of the things I love about the TriVest platform, giving you that spread of risk so that you can try that. Like I almost call that like a shiny object syndrome tribe. Let's just see it. I don't want to do it personally. I want to stay in my lanes with what I'm investing in as a single investor, but to dump money in a tribe and spread that risk. And I think that's great that you're able to dip your toe in that, see what's there. You're hopefully getting value out of all of them, but you're learning a lot, I'm sure, along the way too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The amount of knowledge share. So there's a group of nine in that initial tribe and I've learned so much from those nine people. And, and it's really cool to take nine people. We're all across the nation. I'm one of the younger ones. I think there's two of us in our 30s, people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and I think 70s. So it's interesting to take, kind of grab a bunch of different generations of people. And we all still have the same goal. It's passive income from alternative investments. Right, right. No, that's great. I agree. We were talking before we started recording. It's the common denominator that everybody seems to have passion about that's in this with all these like-minded folks that is interesting. Could you put the nine of you together in any other scenario? Maybe not. So it's, it's interesting that this has that venue. And thanks to TribeVest for building a tool that helps us blend that group of people together. And you get to meet a lot of good, interesting experience out of all that, too. So that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at this, I'm only a year and a half into this, and I've got three tribes and... You know, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. Now, are you investing outside of the tribes as well, like you were saying, too? Yes, I am. Your comment about shiny object syndrome, I'm probably <laughs> the worst person when it comes to that. All the new stuff is so attractive to me. If I put together an asset allocation strategy, it's going to say I should put 50% into multifamily. But is that what I focus on? No. Multifamily is so boring <laughs> to me right now that... <laughs> I need to refocus back to some of those things. Well, we jokingly say boring's good, but maybe you're taking it to another level, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Cool. Well, man, you've done a diverse mix of investing in a short period of time as you've jumped into the LP side, too. You talked about left field being maybe a resource. What are some other resources that you've found that have been helpful that you might be able to share with the listeners that they might find interesting too. Yeah, I think some of this will be repeat because some of the LFI spotlights you've done are people that are within my tribe and my little cohort of, of people that I share information with. But I joined a mastermind with Wealth Without Wall Street about six months ago and have really enjoyed that. I think LFI and Wealth Without Wall Street have a good kind of 
diverse mix of LFI is strictly passive, where Wealth Without Wall Street kind of focuses more on a, an active, more of an active approach to get in and then turn it passive. So I've really enjoyed that podcast. I'm constantly listening to Buck Joffrey's podcast, the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. There's a group of guys in Utah, Money Insights. They've got some really interesting, a lot of it is high cash value, whole life insurance based. I find that strategy super intriguing and have opened a couple of policies, but good. Yeah. And then books. I'm constantly reading books. I actually wanted for this podcast, I wanted to look up what was the first book that I read that kind of set this all in motion. And it was called The Millionaire Mind by Thomas J. Stanley, the guy that wrote The Millionaire Next Door. I read that 20 years ago. And I wish I would have started 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I chalk up that I had to go down a certain journey to be able to be into the situation that I'm in today anyway. So I don't regret what I've done, but I'm also trying to teach my kids a lot earlier than I learned it. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that credited investor can be a bit of a hindrance. And I know that's changing. There's more syndicators that are allowing non-accredited or at least a portion of them. And I think we, as people that are maybe a little more experienced in the field, need to need to help the younger generation or people that aren't accredited to get in to more of these deals and get that experience because it shouldn't be closed. Yep. We're actually working on a couple different things related to that in the field that are coming up. So be on the lookout for that. We don't have enough to like scoop it today, unfortunately, but <laughs> you know, no, one, I think it's one of the goofiest rules that we follow out there that your wealth defines more than what your knowledge on the business does. So, but we aren't going to change that today. Although we thought, what if left field helped uh, drive policy change in the government? But we're not ready to tackle that yet today. <laughs> well, back to you and forget about our problems that we're dealing with. <laughs> what about some advice, some lessons learned that you've picked up along the way that you might be able to share with the listeners as well? I mean, it's going to be obvious for people listening to this podcast, but find the community. I mean, that to me, finding this community has turbocharged my wealth growth and my knowledge growth and and just figuring out how to commit the time to it. It's hard when most of us have W-2 jobs and families and other obligations, but I've kind of set passive income as my second job and I'm going to figure out how to fit it into my W-2. And I, I'm in a conference room right now at my W-2 recording <laughs> this. So on my lunch break. Right. No, I get it. Well, and I like how you said it earlier, too. You've diversified your communities as well. And we encourage people all the time, get involved with the community. It doesn't have to be left field, but even get involved with two or three. And I know that gets cumbersome sometimes, a lot of information to keep up with, but it's that many more like-minded people you can network in with. It's that many more opinions you're hearing about similar situations. So to your point, is just so much value in a community, it seems like, that we couldn't find one when we were looking to start things three years ago, which is why Left Field is here now, was exactly for that gap that seemed to be out there. So I think that's great advice is come out, go get out and find some group. Start your own if you have to even, but look for like-minded folks to help walk through the, the journey with you. Well, in a, in a country that has become a little more polarized over the last couple of years, finding a community like this that's spread all over the nation and there's people across the world now finding that common ground and being able to share experiences with each other. And to me, it's the future. It's what we need. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. That's 100% right, I think. Hopefully this helps. Maybe left field can bridge that gap before it's over with. <laughs> 
<laughs> so quite a journey, quite a lot you've gone through in, in really a short period of time, it seems like. What's next? Where are you headed from here on your journey? Yeah. My focus now is just to to increase my passive income as much as possible to, to see that snowball really take shape and really grow. You know, I play with that passive income in relation to monthly expense ratio often just to see you know how am I doing how am I tracking I think once you get into this space you start learning about other facets like the entity structures tax strategy how does my whole life policies how does that fold into this and I mean it, it can be very overwhelming but I find it to be so interesting and I just love it I could do this all day long so for me it's kind of building out that full system and really getting it functioning efficiently. Makes sense. No, I think that's great. It's worth, uh, you've already shown you're able to pivot because you've done that in your life as it is. I think the more you're watching it and keeping track of your goals, you can always allow yourself that pivot down the road as your strategies change and life changes, whatever it is. So if you're light on your feet, you're going to be in good shape anyway, too. So I think that's good stuff. Exactly. It's not all about leaving the W-2. If you like your W-2, it's more about having options. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly how I always viewed it. I've now left mine or in the middle of it, but that was my choice. I felt like I'd done everything I needed to do or could do in, in my job, my role that I've done, my career. This has a passion for me of being able to connect with people like yourself and network with others and educate others and help them find this path that I'm excited about. So I'm blessed that I can step away from that area and do this full time. But you're right. If all the better, like if I could stay in my W-2 and continue to do what I'm doing, probably just does that much more for my wealth. But there's balance of sanity, I guess, too, at some point in time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, really appreciate you coming on. Great stuff today. Love sh you sharing your story with us. Sounds like it's been going great. And I wish you the best of luck for continued success with this. So we also will hope to see you in person again soon before long. Thanks for having me. And yes, I plan joining Columbus this fall. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. More details to come on that. <laughs> but also thank you to the listeners for tuning in today and listening to Chris's story. And we will see you next time in the spotlight. Hey, Leftfielders, this is Julian McClurkin from Tribe Vest. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Jim Pfeiffer for a masterclass. I learned so much from passive investing to real estate syndications to how you can diversify your portfolio with a tribe. I also learned how this form of passive investing was only available to the wealthy until recently. If I learned a lot, you will too. Go to leftfieldinvestors.com and check out the masterclass button at the top or look up Tribe Vest on YouTube. I'll see you there. Visor provides investors with a secure platform that displays a comprehensive view of all of their holdings on a single holistic dashboard. From real estate syndications to private equity, crypto to traditional investments with AI-driven, unbiased, honest insights to maximize return, Visor is your one place to rule them all. Automating performance tracking, projecting future cash flow, analyzing all your financial documents and much more in one powerful solution, making it easy to follow the money. Sign up for a free 30-day trial now at Pfizer.co.
Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.